Ready? <laughs> oh, I'm ready, Shelby. Hey, book lovers. Welcome to another exciting episode of Miss Willa's Book Club. I'm Shelby. And I'm Jenna. We're your hosts, and we're excited to be here with you today discussing our favorite thing, books. Whether you're a fan of magical fantasy realms or a hopeless romantic, we have the perfect book recommendations for you. So grab your bookmarks and get cozy, because each episode we'll be discussing viral books on BookTok and Bookstagram. And don't forget that drink of the episode. Well, hi, Shelby. Hi, Jenna. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm giggling so Take much. Two. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> we forgot. <laughs> if you can't tell, we're having a great day. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> I'm letting you lead here. You're I, lead. I, I okay. say too okay. much. I say too much. Oh, my gosh. That was so funny. Jenna's trying to get into spoilers already. <laughs> No, I love it. We love this series. We are reading A Court of Thorns and Roses. Yes. Yay! And super, super excited because this is both of our favorite. Is this your favorite series? Uh, this isn't my favorite series, but it is a series that I really like. Okay. I love it. This is probably my favorite series ever. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe because you haven't finished Miss Born yet. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'm only through the first one. Yeah. No, it was great. And this is both of our first rereads of this mm-hmm. series, too. We've And yes. I've actually never reread a book. I don't think that you have either. No, I haven't either. And mm-hmm. I also haven't tabbed and stuff as much as I did here. Mm-hmm. But I'm so excited because during this, we're going to have lots of spoilers. So we'll talk a brief, like, what the book is about as like a spoiler free but then there's gonna be lots of spoilers for this and probably some other series too so i'd say if you haven't finished all of the books that sarah j mass has released as of october 2023 mm-hmm. don't listen to this episode yet yeah you could maybe listen and we'll try to say like spoiler for another book but like we can't guarantee that we're not going to spoil it. I mean, I think we're definitely going <laughs> to. I don't know about what notes you have, but I definitely am. So We've got lots of predictions. <laughs> We've got lots of things we didn't catch the first time. Mm-hmm. Lots of foreshadowing. So this is going to be a fun episode. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this like literally since we first started the podcast. Before we even started talking about Crescent City 3, this was one that I feel like we were both so excited to cover mm-hmm. and reread. Yeah, definitely. And because this was a book that got both of us back into reading adult fantasy and fantasy Absolutely. romance in general. And so it is kind of nostalgic going back and reading it again. It really was so nostalgic. I got like this like big feeling in my heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love it. So a very spoiler-free like synopsis on this book would basically be we've got Feyre, our main character, and I believe that this is who's nineteen, nineteen years old. So yep. she's I love it because it's like new adult. It's not like she's like sixteen. Mm-hmm. She's like an experienced lady, and she arrives in the Fey realm. From you'll have to read the book to see why. <laughs> and then she's got lots on of the back. Back. Does it? Yes. Oh, Farrah kills a wood, wolf in the woods, just and a terrifying creature arrives <laughs> to demand retribution. So yeah, they, that's, well, just kidding. That's yeah. why. That's how she gets into the Farrah. See, you can tell that neither of us ever read the synopsis Never. on the back of the book, and so we always go in blind. Yeah, we go in pretty blind. 
<laughs> so she's, I'll just read the back. She's dragged into a treacherous magical land she knows only about from legends. She discovers that her captor is not truly a beast, but one of the lethal immortal fairies who once ruled her world. But he's not a beast all the time. She adapts to her new home. Her feelings for the fairy, Tamlin, transform from icy hostility into a fiery passion that burns through every lie she's ever been told about the beautiful, dangerous world of fae. <laughs> I can't even say anything. I know, me neither, and I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. So, on that note, because <laughs> our next conversation is going to get into spoilers. Um, so, there are spoilers coming. For all of the Akatar books, for both of the Crescent City books, and for all of Throne of Glass. So let's just reiterate, if you have not <laughs> read all of those books, don't listen to this yet. Yes, because we have some theories and stuff coming forward. So. Yeah. So here we go. So on the back of that, Tamlin. <laughs> Tim Tam. Good old Tim Tam. Tampon. Good old Tampon. <laughs> the nicknames just kill me. They do kill me. <laughs> I love it, though. Oh, my gosh. So, how did you feel about Tamlin this time, huh? Oh, I was surprised. I really thought... I don't know. Since I finished the series, I really thought that rereading it, it would be more obvious to me. Oh, yeah. The red flags that meant that maybe they shouldn't stay together and stuff. And there's a few spots that I picked out that, now that I know what's going to happen, do stick out. But I can see why I fell oh, yeah. like that the first time. Because it was a total surprise to me. I really didn't see that coming. I had never read a book that had done the bait and switch like that before. Oh my gosh. And I can see why. I, I thought that rereading this would be ob more obvious, but I can yeah. see why I really fell into it. What about me you? Me too, 100%. And I actually, I think knowing the rest of the series, I felt so much more like bad for him. I know, I did too. Like I, pity. I actually thought the exact same thing because Tamlin isn't all bad no. everybody wants to make him out to be terrible but at the end of the day and even the spots that i tapped for him mm -hmm. like to talk about he just wants to like keep her safe and happy it's kind yes. of like what's in his mind right and that's not necessarily what she needs in the future but right he's not like bad to her here the only no. thing that i'll say is he's a little out of control even in yes. like all of this book there's like so many moments where he's out of control with his power even here and so that like anger management issue sort of thing, I can see why that was a foreshadowing. But I I was really surprised by how much I still felt for, oh, yeah. I don't know, what they had for each other. 100%. I felt the exact same way. I expected to go into it and just hate him right away. Mm -hmm. And then reading it, I was like, wait, he's actually not that horrible to her in this book. Mm -hmm. He's like actually really sweet and he buys her her art supplies so that she's happy and he's one of the lines that he actually says in here is like what is going to make you happy Feyre and yep. she says I don't know and he's like trying to help her figure that out and I feel like somebody that doesn't care isn't going to do that mm -hmm. like there was clearly so much more happening here that he just like he's not an all bad guy just has really shitty circumstances right well and that's the thing is you could never say that Tamlin didn't care for Feyre mm -mm. Like, no Never. one can say that he didn't care for her because he does prove that along the way yeah. that it's his best intentions. It's just not executed perfectly the whole time. True. And again, going back after seeing like people talk about things on TikTok, and I haven't read this book 
for at least three years. Mm -hmm. Maybe three years ago was when I read it the first time. Maybe even more than that. Mine was like two years ago. And I... So many people talk about on TikTok how Tamlin didn't do anything while she's like in the trials and then he's like, oh, he's just stone cold and whatever. And oh, well, he didn't even try to help and stuff. But reading back on it, again, I can like kind of see why. Like, oh, yeah. there was no winning, right? That there is right. there is no winning. Everything that he could have done or could have not done was going to have consequences. Oh, for sure. And I'm like, I don't actually, I think, hate him for his actions mm-hmm. in this book as much as I thought I oh, would. Oh, same. I know, because at one point, um, Reese even says, like, everything that I've ever loved gets destroyed if I let people know that I love it. Yes. And so he's like, have you ever thought that maybe Tamlin isn't actually just staying quiet because he hates all this? He's just trying to protect you. Right. Well, and Lucian says something about that, too. He's yeah. like, he's... He's trying to say or maybe so- that was Lucian. That yeah, said I that. think it's Lucian. I think that so says too. That. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's the whole point is, Tamlin says nothing because he's not trying to not let Amarantha know how much he cares about Vera, mm-hmm. and he's trying not to antagonize her because he right. knows that Amarantha wants him, and if he shows that he cares so deeply for someone else, mm-hmm. that jealousy is going to come out and make her reaction even worse. And we yes. see her overreact multiple times, yes. right? Like, even at the very end when he she finally snaps Feyre, that's like a gut reaction of like, tell him, tell him that you don't love him and stuff, right? I like, know. Because she needs that love. control. Yeah, that scorned love is exactly what Tamlin was trying to avoid. Oh, yeah. So I actually don't blame Tamlin for his behavior in this book. I don't either. And I felt so weird yes. feeling that during this. Yes. Because I was like, wait, no, we're supposed to hate him. I know everybody <laughs> says we're supposed to hate Tamlin. But, and I'm sure after reading Mist and Fury, maybe I'll think differently yeah. again. But right now... I really am hoping for that redemption arc for him. Oh my gosh, me too. I've said that since mm-hmm. um, Aquabor, I think it was. I was like, I really, really hope that Tamla gets an arc in the next next book or something. Or, or at least before the series is done. I right, think he deserves a redemption arc. I think so too. I think so too. So what would you... Did you rate it the same that you rated it before? I mean, I'm pretty sure I gave it five stars before also, but yeah, yeah I definitely gave it five stars again. And if oh anything, I liked it probably better the second time Me around. Too. I also gave it five stars. I was so excited. I was really excited to go back and listen to all of her imagery mm-hmm. and really see like how much thought she's really put into like the entire series. Yes. And it was so cool to see just like all of the foreshadowing. Yes. Well, and this time I think I, since I already know plot wise sort of what's going to happen, right? Cause I've read it yes. once before yeah, yeah, yeah. I went back and I was trying to look for different things this time Yeah, I because <laughs> Sarah J Mass is so careful in the verbiage that she uses in her books oh, yeah. and like the types of terminology she uses to describe people or situations that end up being foreshadowing oh, you don't yeah. realize at the time like so thoughtful and intentional yeah and so this time on this reread i was trying to catch those little bits that were like tucked in a little bit more Ooh. which was really fun and so I one of the, the things thing. in there that i noticed that i'm just curious what your thoughts thoughts are so the mercenary do you remember oh. i don't know is there a different book do we find out who the mercenary is or no I, I, again, it's been so long since I've read the yeah. rest of the Akatar books. I don't know that we do, right? The mercenary for... When, so at the very beginning of the book, and Farah remember, shoots the wolf, and she skins it. 
and then yeah. you realize it's a fairy. Yeah. Oh <laughs> but, my god! And she takes the pelt and um, the deer pelt into the town mm-hmm. to um, town market to try and sell it. Yes. And remember, she's like the other people that she normally would sell to are giving her these looks, like she doesn't want to go. And so she goes to talk to this mercenary that's there. Mm. And the mercenary has like kind of a lot of descriptors about them, like more than just a random person should. Uh-huh. And they have a fairly in depth conversation. I don't remember is she. Do we learn in this series? Nope. I don't think so. so we I don't learn any more about who this mercenary is. I wonder if she's someone from Throne of Class. Like, I wonder if she's a witch or something. Honestly, that would make so much sense, though, because I would know exactly what you're talking about. She talks, she has all, like, these black veins. She's got the black veins. She's got the night dark eyes. Mm-hmm. She's got, like, I don't know. I mean, let me flip to where it was. It was this on like twenty five that she's talked about, page like twenty five. Yeah, the it was so US it was so soon, back. and she gets Feyre gets all of this information from her, right? And so yeah, so it's thick dark hair shorn to her chin, tan skin, um, eyes not just one shade of black, but with hints of brown mm-hmm. that glimmered in the shadows. Aged anywhere from twenty five to thirty, but like you couldn't really tell, and. It, when Farah asks why she's giving her such a deal on these pelts, why she's giving her so much for it, she said, someone once did the same for me and mine at a time when we needed it most. Figure it's time to repay what's due. And that whole conversation, like, I feel like that's going to come back at some point. That person, uh huh. I don't know. I just, I feel like they're not human is the first thing. I don't think that they're yep. human because she's talked about fairies that she's killed. Yeah, and she says, she's like, well, have you killed based any other type of fairy? She goes, you don't want to know, girl. <laughs> That's on 29. And again, but yeah, the tan skin with the black veins, solid black spider webbed, creeping like frost. That's how she's described. So that's one of those things that the first time I read it and having not known how SJM is. Yeah, so intentional. Oh, yeah. I probably wrote it off as like a random character. But now, because I don't think, I don't remember her coming up again. But again, I I'll have to read yeah. the rest of Act Hard to remember. But I don't remember her coming up again either. Mm-hmm. So Maybe. I think, I, I feel like she's got to be a character from another realm or like is a fairy that we didn't know was there. Well, because it's so clear that when Vera goes up to her, she knows exactly what kind of pelt she's carrying. Yes, it, definitely. She definitely knows. She definitely knows. And she's like, oh, I'll take that. Yes. Did you think that Vera's dad knew that it was a fairy? 100%. I th- 100%. Yes, I did. I actually yep. have that tabbed because I was like, as soon as she comes in and she like, tells him everything he goes no you didn't yeah he's like you didn't really take that chance kind of thing yeah i again the first time i read that i thought it was just he was being concerned about her safety of hunting a wolf because that's dangerous yeah but when i read it again i think he knew that it was fairy oh my god i literally tapped that too on that note how did you tab this book because look at both of us have like beautiful beautiful look at those colors i love that both of us went with spring colors (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah tell me about your tabbing okay you go first so i have lots of tabs for a pink i did creatures and so anytime we met a new creature so like, like the naga and the bog which i listened to the audiobook and i was like i thought it would have been like the bogey oh i thought it was the bog did I don't you? Know. <laughs> but usually i'm the one that pronounces things wrong so and i heard it as the bog and i was like oh okay <laughs> you thought it was bogey like golf <laughs> i really do i love it oh my gosh so i have creatures and then a dark purple is going to be resand i did the same color for <laughs> i love it. Buy it 
And then like a dark green is going to be history that we learn. Mm. A light blue is foreshadowing. A light yellow is quotes. A light green is thoughts that I have. Orange is important things. And then dark blue is going to be the trials that she goes through. Oh, and See, I just tapped like the points that she did the trials. That's so I knew where to so tap fun. back to. It's so interesting to see how differently people tab the same books, like the mm-hmm. strategies that people have. Because you see some people be like, oh, this is a happy moment, sad moment, yeah. whatever, or like things like that. You have some people, yeah, that are really mm-hmm. hot stuff. Like there's just such different ways that people tab it. Oh, for sure. I think ours were probably kind of similar, honestly, on this one. Um, I also did really bright colors. I Not wonder really, if we tabbed like the same things though. Probably. <laughs> I actually didn't intentionally do spring colors. I just did uh, very bright colors so that it would be more obvious what the difference between the tabs were so oh, I could I love flip it. through it easier later because a lot of times I've been trying to do like tabs that match the book but yeah. then it's like different shades of green or something yes and, and so they're it's harder hard. to tell the difference so 100%. I went for bright colors so that it was easier to find them. I love it it would have been smarter to just say it was because it was spring but that wasn't actually hey, you can still say it was because it was spring yeah. so <laughs> they look I, like spring colors. yeah so I did the light green were things like I just like Farah, so things about her or her background or her internal oh, thoughts I like that, that I thought might be useful later. Pink was Tamlin, mostly about like her relationship with him or some of his behaviors. Um, light blue, I called world building, but it's also like a mixture of like info and world building and like that, anything that kind of fits into that of the like, general information. Um, Dark blue was moss first stuff. So anything that I thought might have a crossover. Perfect. I wish I would have done that now. Um, the like super light pink. I don't think any of them are sticking out, but it's like almost white light pink were quotes. Um, anything bright yellow was sketchy. That's <laughs> what I said. <laughs> so things that I thought were like maybe going to come up again later. Oh my God. Um, the lighter purple or like fuchsia was beings description. So I, I did like the it. same thing talking about, um, like also different people like Amarantha, I, mm-hmm. I counted as a being, and then I also did Violet as Reese. Yeah, yeah. So my that gosh. was actually very similar to He's what you just did. like the embodiment of like a dark purple. Yeah, like the I night sky in his eyes. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I felt like tabbing it made it so much easier to like go back in and like find things. And yes. even when we were like tabbing things and like going back, I was like, oh, I forgot I tabbed that. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of things when I read this book that I kind of forgot. Again, it's been so long. And some of them are, should be fairly obvious things. Like, I kind of forgot that Elaine is older than Farah. That she's the youngest child? Farah is the youngest. I kind of forgot about that. I did too. And I also kind of forgot how Farah and Nesta's relationship was in this book too. Because as much as Farah kind of, bitches about her for the first 30 pages or whatever and there is like super negative towards mm-hmm. them but rereading it it makes you realize how unreliable of a narrator Vera mm-hmm. is because she is talking always talking about her sisters like her sisters just don't care about her and she's so left out yeah. and they have these matching bracelets and she doesn't even have one and they go do their own things and whatever but then when she comes back and Nesta's like tell me everything I tried to come to you and I she's tried, like, to, I yeah. spent all of the money that you gave me that I was going to spend on myself, I spent on trying to find you. Yeah. And Farah like, kind of acknowledges it, but kind of blows it off a little bit, too. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it just knowing where 
like how their relationship develops through the next books, it makes me realize that I really think the first trilogy part of mm-hmm. A Court of Thorns and Roses, Nesta's unappreciated by Farah. Mm. And that Farah, it really is an unreliable narrator in that sense. 100%. I am so glad that you brought this up because I was so excited to talk about this part specifically because one, I did not realize how much Elaine talked. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> like, like Elaine has what? a real personality in this yes. book. Yes, like one of the things, okay, let me find it Like maybe really she quick. doesn't shine as brightly as Nesta and so I think people forget about her, but she does have a personality in this book. She absolutely she cares. does. She also really cares about Farah. A hundred percent. And, like, there was the one point... Oh, there we go. Um, mm-hmm. On 272. Mm-hmm. When she comes back and she talks about... Which, okay. Also, side note. Did you study the map before you read this? No, should I have? I did not the first time. And this time, it was the first page that I flipped to. And I was like, we know about the continent. Yeah. But, like, we don't really know anything about the continent. What do you mean we don't really know anything about the continent? What do you know about the continent? So you have where they're all at, and then this is all the continent. We don't know that much about it. We know that there are, like, the... Isn't this just zoomed in on here? I thought that was just zoomed in. Oh, no. Those are two separate lands. (laughs) They are? Yep. (laughs) Because Prithian is an island. Why does it... And that's just, they, it also happens to be split as fairy realm and mortal lands and fairy realm and mortal lands. Yep. Because there's the wall on both of them. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I and thought you, that was just zoomed in. Nope. It is what? two separate things. <laughs> what and the fuck? Because we know about the mortal queens that are, come from the continent, right? Uh, no, I did not. I mean, like I said, it's been a really long time since I yeah. read this. I did not remember that. Well, so plot twist. What? <laughs> How did I not know that? I know. I know. Well, so then. I thought this was like the entire world that we talk about on this planet. No, nope. That is what just. The fuck? That is just an Excuse island. Excuse my language, guys. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go. That is yeah. Just that's, an island. There. Oh, all that's at. wild. Yeah. So when Feyre talks about how her dad all of the gold that he, or the jewels and everything that he had shipped to the continent and never made it. That's oh. where it went. Mm-hmm. You're right. I kind of, I don't know why in my mind, I probably just like totally wrote over it. And I was like, Oh, it's going oh, to the sure. Island. The one that King of Highburn's on or something, which doesn't make sense at all rationally. But when but you're I reading it the first time, for sure. Think about it. A hundred percent. I right. kind of didn't realize that at all. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess that's true because, like, the map doesn't have the island that the prison is on either, right? No, it doesn't. Or is it, like, maybe one of these little babies or something? It might be one of the babies on the but, side. Or it might be under the mountain. Or it might be something else. Another another mountain oh, that that's we have so, to conquer. That's so funny. I kind of didn't realize that this is, like, mm-hmm. a totally different... That, that this is all one map. Yep. I really thought that was... Because, like, that shape is even kind of similar. I really I thought it was the same. But that's, like, too distinct. Crazy how much we don't know about it, right? What? I know. I know. Well, so then we talk about... Because, like, in the next books, we talk about, like, the mortal queens, right? That are yes, from the continent. I, you are so right. I just really somehow did not catch that at all. I didn't catch it until I, I, I looked at... The, I, like, studied the map before I read the book. And I was like... Wait. Like, wow, that's an extension. Yes. Not assumed in. Yeah. yeah. Wow, okay. And so I'm one of the things something. I thought was really interesting 
was when Feyre goes back and she like meets up with her sisters again and Feyre tells Nesta and Elaine, if anything happens, go to the continent. Go there, be safe, like get away from here because Prithian is falling apart. Right. And Elaine... This might make me cry. <laughs> Elaine was like, oh my gosh, you and I are going to have so much fun. Oh, yes. We're going to go to the continent. We're going to travel. We're going to travel. We're going to explore. And when Feyre decides to leave again, Elaine nods with tears in her eyes. I would have liked to see the continent with you, Feyre. I know. Like chills. I'm like, they love her so much. And Feyre just like doesn't see, see it. it. And to me, that was just like so sad because they're her older sisters and like obviously they want the best for her but they, they can't wrap their minds around the situation that they're at mm-hmm. and so it was it gives me chills because it's just like so sad i know like, i really forgot how much they had a relationship in this book because Vera downplays it mm-hmm. and it's told from her point of view but yeah, and and like as soon as she comes back, yeah. and Farrah's kind of trying to find her place in when she she goes back to yeah. the new manor, and immediately Elaine is like, oh well, let me show you something I love. Let me get you involved in that. Mm-hmm. Like, let me give you something to do. Like, oh, you like I, to paint? Do you want some of that? Yeah, like I I want you to be a part of our life. Like mm-hmm. immediately, so welcoming. And Nesta, yeah, she's maybe not like a warm woman, but no. she also clearly cares. And when we find out about her, like running back and stuff, and yeah, I, I had the same reaction that Elaine yeah. had way more of a personality than I remembered. I know, me too. And I just thought that that was just like so crazy that mm-hmm. we see just like such a difference this time around. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you kind of mentioned a little bit already is that Nesta went looking for Feyre and she spent all the money that she was going to spend on herself. Mm-hmm. But then when she goes, hey, Feyre, like tell me everything. And she's like, the glamour didn't work on me. Mm-hmm. Like, my mind is already too damn strong. She's like, it didn't work on me. I remember everything. Tell me everything. Mm-hmm. And she does. And she confides in her sister about all of it. But she doesn't confide in Elaine. And right. I thought that was really important. Because going to, like, like foreshadowing for, like, future events, Favorite doesn't do the same for Nesta. Yeah. And I feel like it, like brings me more love for Nesta because like Elaine didn't ask. Nesta was like, tell me more. Like, how were your adventures? How was everything? But Elaine didn't know, right? Elaine was just like, oh, that's so sad. You had to be there as she died because she she did get glamour and she did remember that, right? And so Nesta was feeling left out. Although maybe that's part of the reason why I could see why that relationship should have been valued more is because... yeah. Farah always felt like the odd man out. And when Farah comes back, all of a sudden she realizes that Nesta felt like the odd man out because Elaine and her dad both were glamoured. Yeah, and, and they both, make that very clear. Right. And so she was like, everybody else is moving on except for me. Yeah. And I don't know. I felt like that should have been so much more of a bonding moment for Nesta and Farah than it was. I think so too. But I feel like it was, it actually was quite a bonding moment because yeah. they sit and they talk under the tree. They do. And they like try to catch up and everything. And then chills again <laughs> when Farah actually decides to leave Nesta goes go like I know father already told you to like go be happy and don't worry about us but like honestly you deserve so much more happiness than what you're getting here and go and Farah at that point in time was just like she said it so cold and harshly 
We're like, Mm-mm. I really just think Nesta was like, I want you to be happy. Yeah. I want you to go and be happy. And you're clearly happy here. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Farah saw it the same way, but I think that Nessa's intentions truly were there. Mm-hmm. And it, I saw her as so much less of a monster, knowing more of her background and like where she was coming from. Like her intentions were so great, even if her tone was off. True. Right? And yes. that's the thing is some people's tone is different than others not everybody is happily and bubbly and stuff exactly that doesn't mean they care less exactly and i think vera had a hard time seeing through nesta's tone also i think so too but one of the things that i thought was incredibly interesting that i did not catch the first time around on 253 that's literally exactly what i had opened up no (laughs) way i was just about to bring up go yeah oh my god i was gonna say the same thing i love it we're talking about nesta And it said she'd been made differently from something harder and stronger than bone and blood. She was as different from the humans around us as I had become. And I was like, that is foreshadowing foreshadowing. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. I love that. We were like literally on the same. Literally had the same thing open. Okay. So kind of on that note. Yeah. Some a little bit more out there. theories. This is maybe more conspiracy theory feeling than like is reasonable there's enough like weird mentions around pharah and her background or her family's background or some things it's just a little sketchy and like how she so easily then became high fey and was meant to be mated to this mm-hmm. high fey and stuff just I don't know. Just a little too easy. So I just don't know. And the reason why I say that, so there's like a couple specific things that I caught this time that I was like, hmm. And the first, I think a lot of people have thought about this on 313 Mm -hmm. when she's talking with Amarantha and she says that Farah is an old name from our earlier dialects. Oh, yes. I definitely caught that. Right. And so Mm -hmm. you have this like, hmm, is there maybe something in her familial background and stuff and i kind of remember finding out in other books that or hearing something in other books that maybe elaine and nesta's parents aren't the same as farah and Mm -hmm. like that they don't necessarily have all the same parents so all that in the back of my mind and farah also mentions on page 44 so really early in the book yeah she has just like a passing thought of being like oh i like never really um understood why humans settled so close to the wall so there's again like hmm. hmm that's interesting yeah like that was an interesting comment to make and then never come back to have you heard the theory that their mother maybe not have died not have died oh yeah that she mm-hmm. was actually Faye. and like what happened to her then she had a bond that she broke like so they talk so much about bonds in this book that if you don't fulfill that bond, you die. Oh, oh, like the promises kind of bonds. You're yes. Talking about. Yeah. Okay. And so in that case, she would be dead, right? Oh. If she breaks a bond to a fairy, she's dead. But there's also theories going around that she's not actually dead. And so why did she? I thought she died at home. She was sick or something. Yeah, but I feel like it could be easy as a fade to break Glamour your... Glamour that or something? Mm-hmm. Mm. To, to fake your death. And so there are lots of theories going around about the mom. Oh, see, I just maybe had my... The irrational theories going in my head was 
I more wondered if her mom is different than Elaine and Nesta's, but maybe her mom was Faye or something. And that her dad, because, and the reason I say that is because when, when Tamlin is taking Feyre from their home and the way that her dad is stuttering to get out and she goes, she's all, or like, she's all, and then like, kind of like trails off. And I was like, but she's all you have left of something. She's all what? What is she all of? Yeah, right. Oh, I, so, so I noticed so I, he stuttered like that, but I didn't. I didn't. And so it just made me wonder, words. like, where that was going. If it was like, is that is she all that you have left of this other woman? Because she's not all you have left. You have two other children. What What is she all of? She's all that. Right, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and so that that was again one of those ones where I was like, hmm, that's so I interesting. Just, yeah, and because he's knowing the pelt right away was. They and stuff. It just made me wonder, like, does he have more experience that he's not talking about Maybe. working with fairies? Or even on a different note, because, so, Favor talks a lot about her mother's eyes. And yeah. there's one point when she said she looked in the mirror and she didn't see her mother's eyes or Nesta's eyes. She saw her own. And so what if mm-hmm. her dad was a fae and that's not her actual dad? Because oh. do you remember when... Um, and I'll have to go back and read it to like know exactly how the scene plays out. But like the dad comes to save them all and he goes for Nesta. He doesn't go for anybody else. And he said, you were the one when I held you. I was like, you were my pride and joy. But I don't think he like says to Elaine or Feyre anything. Are you talking about in um, like war and mm-hmm. whatever the last one or the third one is called? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember that. But he also would have been, she would have been his firstborn too. That's what would have been, yeah, yeah, for sure. But the only thing is that like, Feyre always talks about how her and Nesta look so much more similar mm. than Elaine. True. And like the dad and Elaine like really connect. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I that wonder. Yeah, she has like, because even when he's kind of fallen on hard times, mm-hmm. Elaine is like more understanding of him. Oh, yeah. But I think that's kind of just her personality, too. Oh, for sure. For sure. But yeah, I wonder if maybe like one of the parents are Faye mm-hmm. or something. Well, so the other piece of this, <laughs> like yet another one piece of it was on 79 mm-hmm. when she's talking with Tamlin and he's like giving her some very basic information about Faye. And it could totally be just like a, oh, parental, you should have known. But he says didn't your mother tell you anything about us? And again, it, like, it could be read as like, oh, your mom should tell you things, I right? I know, like, don't you know that about us? Right, like, it could be written off that way, or it could be, like, your mom. Oh, like a very specific? Like a specific, like, your mom knew things, didn't your mom <gasps> tell you about us? And then the way that she describes Nesta as being different? Yeah. Oh, oh, wait. So I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> All right, throw it out there. <laughs> The mom faked her death, and the mom is the mom of Feyre and Nesta, but maybe not Elaine. Mm. Or Elaine just takes more after her dad or something. Because Elaine doesn't acclimate very well. She doesn't, but I just feel like that'd be harder because they would have had... I think it would be more obvious, like a different mom, a different person is pregnant. Like how do... You know what I mean? That would be like a whole nine months of glamoring somebody to pretend that they were pregnant or other people would have known you just magically showed up with a baby and you weren't pregnant for nine months mm-hmm. so i think that's the reason why i have a harder time thinking the Ooh. mom is different and an easier time thinking it's the dad because like 
kind of banged a couple different dudes and yeah. no one really knows whose seed took place yeah, you know <laughs> so so i think that's, that's like the main reason where i'm like i feel like if there's a different parent that it would it's, lean on the dad's yeah. side but i could but maybe the mom just isn't who we think she is and yeah i could understand that too mm-hmm. i could see that and maybe she's running around prithian somewhere yeah. who knows yeah. oh my gosh that's so crazy yeah so so all of that or i don't know i just i think there's something weird about who Feyre is or her background mm-hmm. that maybe that she she was meant for prithian all that she was, along well and that all three sisters again like go into the cauldron and become Faye and stuff and it's like mm-hmm. that uh, there's just there seems something and that they all have mates that are Faye. well yeah we'll get there but <laughs> Not in this book, right? We'll yeah. we'll save that for another discussion. But <laughs> I, it just it's it's too convenient. It is very so convenient. So I I feel like there's some background about Farah or her family that made it. I don't know. Kind of on the note of maybe talking about their mates, but like talking about what Farah drew on the dresser. So Farah draws for um, for herself is the Starry Night, mm-hmm. which is so sweet. Love it. She draws for Nesta flames, but then she draws for Elaine violets and roses. And I know that this is going to get into some like crazy theories of Elaine and Nesta and Feyre, but I don't know. I really, really, really dived into Elaine and like violets and roses. And so violets bloom in May. So late spring. Mm-hmm. Roses bloom in August. In summer. And since you think Lucian's real dad is high, high lord of a summer or whatever, you think that it is Lucian? Or I don't know what that means. Well, I don't know I'm, where you're going with that. <laughs> so there are some theories going around that Tamlin is actually her mate. I could see that too. But, and that's part of why I could see that as a redemption arc for mm-hmm. them because I was paying attention to the specific flowers and oh, like yeah. the scents and stuff too. that she kept paying attention to and tamlin is continuous and springport is continuously used like roses and there was a couple other flowers yeah. too that she kept being like oh elaine grew this in her garden elaine yes. grew this in her garden and she associates her with that too and it so feels too obvious she, though, i know in some ways but well, part of me thinks that maybe she's like meant for the spring court yeah or the summer court or something so I don't know because I you, we also think so maybe not like maybe that's not like who her mate is because like for Nesta at the flames she was the flames right and for Feyre she ends up as a sorry knight and so it's like maybe Elaine is meant for the spring court yeah or yeah. summer court who knows but who knows because that's the other thing is like Lucian has chosen he has given up his court and has chosen mm-hmm. to join spring court right so. It could still be him, but just that they belong in spring court or whatever, right? Because he has found a home there now too. Right. Right. I know. I it was so interesting to me. I was like diving in so deep to it Mm because I was like, "Hmm, I wonder. I wonder what we think about that because like we know the dresser is big and we know that like she drew like the night sky and that was so important for the future. Speaking of, oh my (laughs) gosh, some of the scenes from this book that just hit so much harder reading it this time oh yeah knowing the background Mm -hmm. i mean i think the dresser is probably the first thing we come across right that like knowing that reese sent that image into farah's mind to paint that Mm -hmm. wild also the obviously 
there you are no it's so much I different this time we have i have a note that says screaming and also him showing her his wings hit so much harder now oh yeah knowing how like i don't know tight to the chest he keeps that information mm-hmm. like the fact that the other highlights like don't even really know about that oh yeah and so like that hit really different this time and the music that he plays to keep her from shattering that also like just hits so different a hundred percent because at the end of the chapter where he comes in and he's just like poking fun at her and she's getting all angry at him and she goes i wonder if he even knows it shut up Vera. yeah <laughs> i wonder if he even knows it but he, he was the one me. who kept me from yeah. breaking completely mm-hmm. and to know all along that that was 100 percent his intention yeah i was i was giggling and kicking my feet i was so it was excited. really sweet it was really sweet so talking about maybe what were you gonna say <laughs> i was gonna talk more about reese <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about some theories about what reese is <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> about maybe some spoilers for some other books yeah. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so if you haven't I read swear we City, i swear we didn't prepare it like that we like we prepared separately but the fact that you also were about to go there i'm glad that you're as delulu as i am so if you haven't read crescent city this is going to be a big spoiler for it yeah <laughs> oh my god that's so funny that so we I'm... just like looked at each other we knew <laughs> wow that was could not have been planned better no, all right well let's talk about it let's talk about reese oh my gosh the amount of times he was described as a cat yes <laughs> He's, he's got the feline movement, the feline yeah. smile, the he feline, purrs. yeah, the feline pupil and her tattoo. Mm-hmm. He purrs. He is constantly referred to His as cat-like. sensual grace, the way that he saunters into the room. Also the like alabaster light. And there's like a few other times of like the moon white or alabaster mm-hmm. white. Who does that remind you of, Shelby? Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminds me of the demon from Crescent City. The one that shows or up not, as a cat. Yes, yes. Yes. And I can't remember his name for the life of me at the moment. Um, oh, no, I can't. It doesn't start with an A, maybe? I think it does start with an A. But now I keep wanting to use names from Throne of Glass, which I know are. I know, me too. <laughs> I feel like not thinking of what his name is right now. I should have looked that up ahead of time. But yeah. yes. Oh. Because isn't there a missing Prince of Hell in mm-hmm. Crescent City? Yeah, so maybe not a demon, a Prince of Hell. I think, yeah, I... That's like a super far out there theory, but I could imagine that oh, yeah. Reese is a prince of hell. And because in this book, and that this is part of why I pointed out the mercenary too. Yes. At the time when we were all reading these books the first time, we didn't necessarily know there were like that many other creatures, right? We kind of assumed everything was some type of fae. Mm-hmm. And everybody just kind of says like, even like the a tour like all of the other like things that she meets where they're kind of like oh they're a different type of fae it's just like levels of fae but now that we know that crescent city is like all sort of connected it makes you Mm -hmm. realize there's all these other beings which is part of why i pointed out the mercenary and like i feel like she wasn't human she was from somewhere else or or something else right oh my gosh so same with reese i'm like i get that he's the high lord knight court and he's like half illyrian and whatever but I don't know. They're just, there were some weird things there that mm-hmm. I was like, I just wondered where that belongs. Like we do know his familiar, familial history. So. Kind of. Kind of. So we have a brief glimpse right. in the next books. Of his parents. His, yeah. But, but we don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And we don't know his last name. Yeah. So it was just something that I 
kept there for later too because i also oh noticed that he is compared to a cat a lot a lot well and then we also like suppose for the next books of course but like mm-hmm. there's a lot of notions about like oh it sounded like a cat oh something else that sounded like a cat like roaming mm. around and from crescent city when she meets the prince of hell and he shows up as a cat mm-hmm. in like many different scenes i was like hmm I remember even thinking that that was familiar when I was reading Crescent City. And I didn't even remember the way that he was described here. I didn't either. I didn't at all. I had seen some theories on TikTok of people talking about Mm -hmm. it. But I hadn't, like, having not read this recently enough, I didn't remember. What do you think of the theory that Reese is evil? I'm not sure. (laughs) I know. It's, I'm like, I think I need to finish the rest of the Akatar books Mm -hmm. for, like, a reread before I could tell you. Yeah. He does have some questionable moments, but he's supposed to be morally gray. We love a good morally gray character. We do. And Reese does fall in that bucket. But that doesn't mean that I necessarily think he's evil. Do Mm -hmm. I think he he has made some questionable decisions? Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on the Reese's evil front, though. No. What about you? So... Okay, well, while you're looking for that, I'll say just another brief thing about Reese. Mm -hmm. The... Again, rereading it that I didn't catch the first time. The string in her gut was always pulling to him. Oh my god! And I, I actually we didn't notice that too. Yeah, we didn't notice that before because mm-hmm. we just probably kind of assumed that it was Tamlin until like maybe the end and when she's she getting would, out like, of bed. Look at him instead of Tamlin. Yeah. So, anyways, oh. continue. Okay, so like kind of on where like the notion where Reese might be evil. So when he's trying to get her to like accept his bond and she's like no i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it swift as lightning he lashed out grabbing the shard of bone in my arm and twisting mm-hmm. a scream shattered out of me ravaging my aching throat the world flashed black and white and red i thrashed and writhed but he kept his grip twisting the bone a final time before releasing my arm mm-hmm. um that does not sound like the reese that we know mm. also forcing her to accept the bond when later she goes all you had to do was save me and I was yours. And he goes, I know. Yeah, I mean, I, everybody points out that scene and it is definitely sketch. <laughs> it just, I will just say devil's advocate, though. Uh, not that I don't think he could go on the evil arc, but devil's advocate, he cared about saving her mm-hmm. and protecting his image at that point. Yeah. Because at that point, everyone just thinks that he's a bad guy, right? right he's but he been, hasn't tried to protect his image with her. Yeah, but everybody else would have known. If she had healed her and not gotten anything out of it, mm-hmm. it would have been obvious. Because even Lucian, I, cause I commented on that too in my tabs, that when Lucian heals her, he only partially heals mm-hmm. her. Because he's like, I can't let people know that I've done anything to help right. you because like that'll come back badly for both of us. Yeah. And so while how he went about it, I agree, was like... Like not- he was literally causing pain so she would give in. Right, because he's, but in his mind, I can imagine, he's like, you're going to die if you don't do this right now, and I can tell you're being too stubborn to take it. And oh, Jesus, she scared the <laughs> shit out of me. Oh, my Dixie, God. Dixie just Dixie. locked I up. Because the I couldn't cure oh, her. God. Hi, Dixie. I saw her coming out the corner. Oh, I did not. There's also, there's a little face right here. Hi, smile. Hi, smiley girl. Whoa. She has been crazy today. She has been crazy today. Crazy girl. Okay, wow. That scared is so the shit out of funny. Me. Oh, oh my God. 
<laughs> she um, grabs my arm. But anyways, so I I think yes, it could just be that maybe he's gonna have a little bit of an evil arc. But I also think that he knew it was important to still be playing off the image of like, oh yeah, I'm a bad guy to everyone Ooh. else, and so it was important to make it look because he gave in really quickly to be like, ah, oh, instead of two weeks, one week, sure. Yeah, you he's know? like any any amount of time is gonna be fine. Right. So. I could see it swinging both ways. I, I do think that it was particularly painful on her, but I think yeah. he also, because there's another comment where he says something to Tamlin about being like, oh, she's just as stubborn as you are or something like that. So he mm-hmm. realizes really early how stubborn she is. Oh, yeah. And I think he knew he had to do something extreme to make her actually, because even with that, she almost lets him go. Yeah. True. This is true. This is true. I just and thought he knows it was like she unnaturally died. cruel. Yeah. And that's just... That's not the roost that we see in the rest of the series. And so I was like, hmm, is he letting some of his masks slip or... But he didn't know at that point that she was his mate quite yet. True. Okay. Like he maybe had hints that there was something interesting, but he didn't know. He He was just intrigued by her at that point. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, well, just... He's like, I want to keep you alive. Yeah. Well, no, not I'm going to treat you however I want. But like, because, you know, I, I think we find even in his other scenes that... He is not trying to be cruel. Like, you know, he doesn't shatter the mind. He, he shatters, yeah. like, the entire body of that but one face. he comes face off as being cruel he to comes other off people. As, exactly. Because he's, like, this is a face I need to put on. Yeah. Because everybody just thinks of me of the court of nightmares and stuff. Yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that, that's a good devil's advocate. I like that one. So that's, I, I see him as very morally gray, but not necessarily evil. Okay. I'll be interested to see. If yeah. that theory proves true, it will break my heart. <laughs> hi Tixie. oh my god <laughs> that's so funny oh goodness okay yeah because i love reese so much that I, d- I don't want him to be evil i don't want him to have that that kind of an arc yeah but i could see him being like a prince of hell and not being evil yeah i mean look at we're not um, being 100 percent evil right again being yeah. gray yeah one of the things that i did notice though that was very very interesting was like they always talked about how reese commands fear from people yes and i noticed that tamlin is fearful yep of everything and he like all of his actions show it but pharah is so brave and so clearly she's so much better matched yeah with reese than she is with tamlin well i think it was nice rereading this too because on this reread of akatar I liked Farah more than I remembered. I did too. I, I think I was remembering her probably from Akasif most, you know, Same. since that's what was freshest. And it reminded me that I do really like Farah as a character. And yeah. that, I don't know. She's the not, fact that yeah. she was always putting her family first. She was always thinking of others. Mm-hmm. Like in that scene where uh, the fairy had gotten his rings wings ripped yes, off. Yes. And she was like, Oh, actually, this is something that I had tabbed because I thought it was like really, really important. But the fairy had got its wings ripped off and she by was Amarantha like, and then mm-hmm. sent to Spring Court. Right. And so Tamlin asked her, Why did you do it? And she said, Because I wouldn't want to die alone. And then yes. at the very end, she blinks. This time, not at the brightness of the sun. She's talking to Resand, And she's like, why? Why did you help me? And he goes, because I didn't want you to fight alone or die alone. I <laughs> tapped the same thing. I noticed the same thing. I love that. Like, she's just so brave throughout the whole thing. But, okay. 
flip side. Oh. What are your thoughts about Claire? And that being the name that she gave up. Do you think that she really did know Claire and that that's part of why she was so guilty about it? Mm Mm-hmm. I think so too. Well, because in the beginning, they, when they're in, they're like at the merchant or the, I think of it like a farmer's market. Yes, I do too. I do too. (laughs) And she sees Claire and her friends walk by and Nessa talks about Claire. And so it's like fresh in her mind. Well, and Nessa even talks about Claire before then, um, like way (gasps) early, like in the very beginning of the book, because she says like, oh, well, Claire says that Thomas is going to propose or something like that. Right, but uh, there's a couple times that Claire specifically is mentioned as a friend. Yeah, did not notice that the first time. Same. Holy cow! And so again, going back to Farah being an unreliable narrator, I think she knew Claire, I and think I think so it too. was intentional that she gave that name because she didn't really like her. Mm-hmm. And then when Claire is so horrifically tortured, I think that's part of why Farah so feels guilty. so guilty because she knows there's because so she know, yeah because well, uh-huh. she knows that it was kind of intentional in her mind one hundred percent because it's and the reason why I say that is because when you go back and read it again when she's going to shoot the wolf yeah. and she's kind of trying to talk herself out of thinking it's a fairy even though she kind of really does know it but she keeps talking she, herself out yeah. and you're like oh no it must just be a real like just a regular wolf she it's knows big it. but it's just a wolf. But she kind of does know what's She great. does. And I think it's the same with Claire. I think that she tried to write it off, that she didn't really know Claire. Mm-hmm. But I think it was, I think she really did. And since oh, yeah. we're just seeing her thoughts, mm-hmm. yeah. I think so, too. That's what I thought. I 100% agree with that. And I think that's a really thought, good thought train to go through because, like, we kind of go through with Akasif. Like, Feyre, as brave as she is, can be a little selfish. Yep. And it's unfortunate to think about because, like, we see – She's trying so hard for her family and everything. But, like, at the same time, she has a very young, selfish way of thinking where, mm-hmm. like, I am I'm the only one that matters and, like, I'm not being involved and these people aren't doing things for me. And it's, like, she's not doing this all selfish, selflessly. She's doing them because she kind of wants the glory for it a little bit, mm. it seems like. And so, yeah, I do feel like she has these, like maybe less than positive tendencies Mm -hmm. and will talk herself into, nope, it was for the right thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because that was one thing I saw about Nesta and um, their conversation. I don't know if I pulled that tab out specifically, but when Vera is kind of telling her like all of what happened and stuff and she's like, wow, you really came for me, blah, blah, blah. And Nesta basically says something to the point of, I know you provided us for us, but it's because I knew that you could and I couldn't, and I kind of hated you for it, even if that was unfair. Oh, yeah. So there's something to that point where, like, she's acknowledging that Farah was doing the work yes. because she knew that she was not capable of that and that she right. hated herself for it. Yep. She felt remorse for that. And fast forward then to Akasif, I think yeah. it just, I don't know, that bridged the gap for me better. For 100% Nesta as a for me, too. And it's funny because, like, the first read around, I was so involved in Feyre that I did not notice in the slightest, like, how her sisters were or how other people were portrayed. Yep. And I was like, wow, like, Feyre really can be an unreliable narrator. Yeah. And to me, that was just so wild to have that this time around. Yep. Yeah. Well, I feel like we have so much to talk about that this might just end up being a part two. Yeah, I kind of think maybe we we need to just break this in the second episode. I think so, too. We have so much more to talk about. So 
We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Join us next time for the rest of our thoughts on Akatar. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on Miss Willow's Book Club Podcast. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Miss Willow's Book Club Pod for our upcoming reads. Keep it spicy, book lovers! <laughs> <laughs>